0: welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast it is may the 3rd 2017 we are around a little metal table here in sonora mexico the sun has just kind of gone down it's about 5 30 in the evening and we're sitting kind of on the east side of this kind of mountain and it's been a hot day today we've had a, some great turkey hunting but uh we got finished up today and it's finally the sun has put a big shade here and it's nice out in the yard and we're looking over here. The dogs are just wiped clean out. They're laying flat flat on their bellies and we've got nine new calves here in the um, corral. Uh, the owner of the ranch was here today and said he has uh, six new female uh, baby calves and uh, three bull calves and um it's just something quite an experience here down in sonora mexico uh i've got hunter haynes uh who guides with us for coos deer and gould's turkey here in sonora was able to get his first gould's turkey himself today which I was did. awesome we tripled up real got awesome Got ron hagan here from uh gypsum colorado yes sir and chris coffee uh hailing from iowa Right. originally from indianapolis indianapolis indiana that's right and a big nascar uh car racing buff that's right and uh, one of the best turkey callers i've been around um guys it's been a fun trip uh kind of short and sweet just two hunters and um chris you were going after uh, two turkeys and ron you were going after your first uh you you both successfully completed your royal slams yes we did yes. uh and, and chris you got a double royal slam which yeah, that's is pretty awesome
1: pretty rare in my opinion to get double royal slam in the same same hunt that's pretty pretty impressive
0: yeah in this same hour yeah yeah right. exactly uh cr- chris uh we were fortunate ron uh killed this bird the first evening so it was kind of fun uh we all got to hunt together and um this morning we went out and uh hunter had roosted some birds and um they ended up kind of staying up on the mountain and didn't come down and we kind of walked around calling a little bit and we kind of came back to our original calling location and I think it's one of those things you know those birds they fly down they're with hens they kind of do their thing and then they eventually work their way here in Sonora they kind of work their way down uh you know go into water going to feed and and seemed like our timing was perfect and um Chris you worked your magic and and called in that first bird uh, which was a big old tom, yeah, it was a big, just, mature bird, great call-in. Uh, those birds flew in, actually.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. You know, when we, we were situated up high on the mountain and, and uh, trying to decide, you know, do we set it out, wait it out, what are we going to do here? And we decided to get a little bit regressive and try to go find some birds. Uh, so we decided to make a move. And once we did, you know, we didn't go couple hundred yards and and uh, struck a bird back up on the mountain again so you know instantly I was thinking darn we should have stayed up there and called but you know I think we got into a to a location to kind of where they wanted to be right they like you said they flew down they got they did their little roost and now they're now they're ready to make their their move and uh, head down to where we were so it was it was really cool to to be able to call to them and, and call them from from that that distance you know they can they can hear that far and they can come that far and for them to close the gap like that was was pretty cool
0: yeah and you know um you know you, you hunt a lot of eastern turkeys there in Iowa and Missouri and i um, you know hunt you're an avid avid turkey hunter and one thing I get a lot of people um saying is how vocal the Gould's hens are and you got to experience some of that interaction with those Gould's hens.
1: Yeah, it's just just impressive, you know. And, and as a as a competitive caller, it's something that I really really enjoy to be able to to vocalize back and forth with the hens, and, and you know to hear what they they truly sound like. And being around them that much just makes you makes you that much better. And and uh, it's really really cool.
0: For sure, Chris, um, you have won the Iowa state championship, uh, several other states. Um, how many titles do you have under your belt?
1: Um, multiple states. Um, I would say there's probably, probably, I'd say probably close to ten in multiple states uh, that I've won state state titles and I have won open calling contests. Um, had the fortune to go to the grand nationals a couple times and and uh, you know did did fairly well there. Um, so it's a it's an awesome experience, something I'm I'm very proud of. But uh, you know it, it helps me, and I believe it absolutely translates into the turkey woods and and uh, to be able to call and talk to the turkeys like that. It's uh, it's a lot of fun so I do it
0: for sure yeah I mean like we were talking on the ranger ride back you know that that call in this morning of those two birds that's kind of for me the pinnacle of you know those eight not you know seven thirty eight nine o'clock in the morning kind of the suns that you know starting to get kind of harsh but you know when they come in strutting and stuff their feathers are amazing and you know your two birds actually kind of came from the same direction it was cool to watch them kind of hopping around in the rocks full strut and seeing that big white band oh. on the goulds i mean hunter and i have seen you know lots and lots of birds shot every year and it, for me it never gets old it's, it just seems like it's it's just an amazing thing when they go in full strut
1: yeah you know i couldn't have asked for anything more you know just to see them see them come up and see them in full strut and then to witness them. Jumping down on the big boulders and the big rocks and and working his way down and and uh, you know you'd commented before about uh kind of taking your breath away when you see him for the first time, and that really i think I felt like that was. You know, the, in a hunting situation, the first time that I'd seen a full-strut bird coming in, and I, I absolutely caught myself kind of like, oh, you full-strut know, <laughs> full-strut ghouls, correct, yeah. yeah, just just the, the beauty, um, the size is just, yeah. man, is it impressive.
0: Yeah, now, Ron, you come from Gypsum, Colorado, Gypsum, Colorado correct. originally from Wisconsin. Yes, sir kind of a green bay packer fan but no, no, more no, no. of a more of a bronco fan but grew up a packer fan kind of
2: uh, no I grew up a bronco fan as well oh you did that's, that's why
0: i left wisconsin
2: oh okay so i could be you know, get away from the cheeseheads gotcha gotcha <laughs> I, I
0: misunderstood you maybe you were talking about a buddy of yours that's an avid uh yeah, yeah, packer fan A buddy
2: from michigan that likes the packers exactly
0: gotcha Yeah. um I spend the summers in Carbondale, Colorado, which is very close yeah. to Gypsum. And 45 I've, minutes from us, yeah. Yeah, spent about five years in Vail, uh, which is just up I-70 there, uh, from Gypsum. Uh, one of the things that you do on the side is kind of a side hustle business of yours is you're a meat processor. Process Wild Game, correct. Pro- process Wild Game yep. in uh, Gypsum, Colorado. and. What would you say on average, uh, an average year, how many animals will you process roughly?
2: We do roughly close to 300 animals between bear, elk, deer, sheep, What would you say,
0: what animal is like the majority that you do? Deer. Deer.
2: Deer, yep. Deer and most, then back down to elk, Uh you know, a dozen bears a year. Mountain goats, bighorn sheep, one or two of those a year. And how long have you been
0: processing?
2: Uh, We've been doing this for 18 years now. 18 years. Yeah, just a a side business for us I get my whole family involved. i got my son and my daughter and my wife, and my uh, daughter-in-law actually help from time to time as well.
0: What's the name of that business? Um, RBJ Game
2: Storage and Processing. Out of Gypsum? Correct, yeah.
0: Right on. And if people wanted to contact you, they could, I assume, look it up um, in the white in the white pages, or Google it, or, or uh, just know, call you. Most of our you.
2: business is word of mouth. We don't uh, we don't do a lot of advertising. we you know it's a small town, and, and word of mouth. About seems ten to be the best million way people
0: are listening to this, so I mean, you're probably gonna have to open like four <laughs> more offices. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna have to hire some more help. Then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What would you say, Ron, when people bring stuff in? If you just had to say kind of the biggest mistake you see when people bring stuff to you you know what what would you say is the biggest mistake
2: uh they, they just don't take care of the meat properly they're not cooling it down they're not keeping it clean you know it, it's it's kind of a quality thing if you bring in meat that's warm it's had a chance to get you know too warm starts to turning green and start you know turn rotten on you you can't it's, even take there's, it there's at no, that there's point there's nothing can i can do after that and that that's our biggest concern. People bring it in like that, and then they 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 wonder why they're not getting their meat back. So what, it's something we have to show them. And we hey, this is this is just something you got to do on your end as far as taking care of your meat.
0: What advice would you give someone as far as get the skin off it, get the hide get off the skin it right off away, the quick correct? as
2: possible. Keep it clean. You know, use your game bags. You want to take your time, but you still want to you know get it done in a hurry. The biggest biggest thing: make sure you get the you know the guts out of it first and then worry about scanning it, keeping it clean. You know, it's it's. a lot of people come out from the Midwest or whatever. They come out, they'll shoot an elk, they'll get it down, and, you know, it's not a whitetail. They'll walk up to it and say, you know, this, this thing is huge, and it, and it is. And it's, some of it, some of these guys are just uh, a little overwhelming, I think. You know, they're thinking they can grab hold of it and drag it out of the mountain, and it just doesn't work that way. A combination of the size of the animal, the, the heat from the animal itself, and it just, uh, it's difficult with the elevation people not used to it trying to carry it out and it's just it's time consuming and it, it's it's difficult it's hard on people that aren't used to it mm-hmm. well it's hard on people that are used to it sometimes too but
0: for sure as far as um once you get an elk down let's say and you get the hide off of it um do you recommend getting that animal get it up in the air and letting it air out Yep, absolutely keep it out of the water
2: you know a lot of people put it in a creek or a water or something like
0: that to cool it down it cools it down yes but it's just not good
2: for the meat itself
1: keep it, it dry up, then. get it
2: up keep it dry get it up get it aired out and then depending on the time of year and you, you need to get it to a cooler if need be just break it down throw it in your ice chest you know keep the ice off it you can throw the ice in there to keep it cold but just keep the water off it
0: what, what would you say um, temperature wise you know leaving an elk hanging in a tree overnight you know what kind of temperature would you say you'd be fine as long as you can get it you yeah, if know you're doing very it overnight
2: next 45 degrees I don't think you want to go much higher than that. Maybe 50. You know, that's where the bacteria starts to build up. Ideal temperature is 38 to 39 degrees. Okay. That's in ideal conditions, which aren't going to happen when you're on the mountain. But uh, overnight, you know, it's you know, no problem with that. Get it up there, get the air to cool it down, because it's going to take a while for those quarters to cool down anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, all you know, completely through the animal itself. Because elk's a big animal. They, their their or their thighs are huge. It's just uh, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work to get them all cleaned out and get them
0: cooled down. Out of a, say, mature bull elk, um, fully processed, how much meat will you generally get out of that? A um,
2: lot, of, lot of factors there as well. It depends on how many times you shoot them. You know, the size of the elk vary quite a bit too. We got some, you know, the elk average elk, I think, around our place there, seven 800 pounds would, would be a good size elk. You're going to get 300 pounds of boneless meat out of that. Okay. You know, if all the conditions are ideal, there's not a lot of waste.
0: Hmm.
2: You know, you got a lot, a lot to consider when you're when you're processing the elk. You, you got a hundred pounds of you know, head and horns, you know, fifty pounds of hide. The legs are huge; the, they're a big boned animal. There's a lot of a lot of waste there as well.
0: The chomping that you guys hear is uh, one of the ranch dogs chewing on a turkey leg over here and, and doing a <laughs> doing a fine job. Um, Ron, one question. Uh, you know I get a lot from people and you're the perfect guy to answer this is um, what's the quickest way you're dulling a knife and when you're taking care of an animal in the field what can you do to preserve the sharpness of your knife
2: you know, just be careful you know, you don't cut into the bone that's that's a big thing there cutting into the bone dulls your knife real quick and even just trying to cut the hide itself you know when you're skinning an animal you want to try to keep from cutting holes in it of course in the hide and if you can keep your knife off that skin you know it's, it's all it's a little thing but it keeps your knife a lot sharper
0: for sure hunter haynes uh been guiding down here been running down running and gunning with me for years down here and uh, you've tried to get a bird last year and we kind of ran out of time and um i kept telling you you get your bird this year and you know we we'd gotten uh a double this morning chris filled his royal slam and uh kind of came over that ridge we're taking some pictures of chris's bird and um on that beautiful rock oh, beautiful. you know with the desert you know you can see like 40 50 miles oh, off yeah. in the distance just incredible and a bird started gobbling and yeah. um you and i looked at each other and game on it was game on <laughs> we had to cross that big canyon to get yeah. over there and then we kind of stopped before we topped out but we hadn't gone what a hundred yards and Chris is like oh yeah you saw those turkeys was um they didn't see us walking in the water. we got
1: we actually we got we got fairly lucky and 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 they were just basically moving from left to right and I seen them through the trees and you know they were just they just caught them caught them on on a move and and uh, were able to set up before we went any further you know it kind of helped our situation out there instead of blundering down and through them know it's been my experience it's it's, it's hard to walk up on turkeys if they're not gobbling Um, if they're not giving their location away typically you're going to walk through and try to find them and more more times than not you're going to bump into them so being able to see them before they see you uh, is rare but it absolutely helped us this time
0: (laughs) yeah and hunter kind of got in front of me and i got the camera set up and ron and chris were back and chris started calling and i had given you that tail fan we didn't even bring the dave smith strutter we left it in the ranger because I figured we'd be running and gunning all over that flat chasing that bird and you started calling to those birds and then I looked back at you like fan yep. it yeah you,
1: we, we got out of the ranger and you'd handed it to me and said you might you might need this to fan you know and I was you know we, we just talked I've about never it Never tried it by you, the
0: way until today <laughs>
1: yeah it was it was incredible you know and he'd give it to me and I was kind of like okay I'll take it you know I didn't have much to carry anyway and uh so we walked up through there and started calling to the birds and and the birds were responding, and they absolutely hammering and coming in, and and, and they got kind of their their comfort zone, right? It's pretty open. Yeah, and that, that's a that's a big part of it. They could see a long way, and they could they knew that they couldn't see any hen over there. They could hear it, but they couldn't see it, and they kind of got to where okay, you know, I I can I know you're over there, but I can't see you. I'm ready for you to come a little bit, and at that time, you know, I just like instantly just grabbed the fan and just and just popped it up. And, you know, I could see them, they could see me, and i i seen a, just the a attitude change. You know, it's, a, it's like they all looked at each other and were like, okay, hey. Like they
0: kind of slicked down and here they come. That's right.
1: Yep, yep, back off the call and just a skosh and, and uh, let let the fan do the work and just keep enough to keep them interested. And sure enough, they, they, they closed the distance, the rest of the, the gap that we needed.
0: You know, I, I I said that I'd never tried it, but remember yesterday we kind of got pinned down by those birds. We were just trying to get back to camp to get something to eat. And we got pinned down by some birds for probably 30, 40 minutes. And finally it was just like, goodness, you know, we're starving. It's probably like (laughs) 1045 in the morning. So I literally picked up the fan and we just started walking. And two Jake's or maybe a hen and a jake yep. started walking right at us they came 60 70 yards in, to us in
1: my opinion they, they'd already seen us they they, yeah. they knew something wasn't right and they they, they was like okay that the gig's up but as soon as you pop that fan up it's like here they came they, yeah. they actually came towards us after yeah. they'd already seen us and it just, it's, it's crazy
0: crazy and you know before we came down on our first trip here for gould's turkey there was a couple incidents uh, guys getting shot in the face with so I don't, I don't condone it here on the podcast, but we're on totally private land mm-hmm. out in the literal. If, if we took a picture right now, unless <laughs> they would realize we're in the middle of it, they nowhere. wouldn't believe it. Phones don't even work here. Um, so you know, it was kind of fun to try that out. Uh, we're gonna have a, a treat uh, tonight, uh, Chris. You have a special way you like to prepare turkeys uh wondering if you could kind of share us your your secret recipe oh man we haven't eaten it yet <laughs> that's right um, that's right but you've built this thing up to be pretty pretty <laughs> special what what are we going to have on the yeah barbecue?
1: the verdict's still out yet but uh i've yet to meet an un- unsatisfied customer. so okay. so I'm, I'm holding it up pretty high no it's a it's a marinade that that uh, my family had passed on down to me obviously um but we we had found it we used to just kind of cut up the breast and marinate it in Italian dressing, you know, and, and, and grill it that way. A lot of people cut it up into chunks and, and deep fry it. Um, all, all fantastic ways to eat a wild Turkey. But when I discovered this marinade, um, it's kind of a, it's got a little sweet hint to it. It's got just the right, right amount of spice to it and And cutting the breast breast meat up into to smaller strips um you know I'm gonna say chicken finger size or um, smaller the smaller the better in my opinion um, and then whipping up the marinade and letting the marinade do its magic in the refrigerator overnight and then coming back with a, with a really good charcoal grill and and grilling these breast strips up is just it's just something that you guys are just gonna have to experience um you know I can talk it up all day long but and you know, Again, I kind of mentioned that I throw, some, I throw some parties and stuff at the, at the, after the end of a hopefully a successful turkey season each year. And uh, I keep getting more and more people showing up for some reason. <laughs> and they won't <laughs> but, leave. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Old I love it. there in Turkey that's and right. they, they don't leave. It's something I, I really, really enjoy doing. You know, the camaraderie of having having fellow hunters around, and having friends around, and being able to share what I what I truly love, and having something that good that comes from you know not only the, the experience of turkey hunting but able to have a meat and, a, and something that's a delicacy like that is just a just a bonus. But when I'm cooking that the 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 meat on the grill, you know, I, I get a lot more people hovering. A lot a lot of people stand a lot closer when they start getting those first couple pieces off the grill. They realize that hey, it's as good as it's going to get as soon as it comes off the grill. So I get a lot of buddies over there not, not many people helping cook but a lot of people talking and holding trays and <laughs> it's a it's a lot of fun
0: well i'm looking forward to it uh tonight and uh we're gonna get a little bit packed up and eat and um head out early in the morning hunter uh you and i we have uh, two more trips left two more and uh i think we're at what do we count up 34 yep I think thirty-four turkeys for the season. <laughs> we're at uh, the fifty mark. Yeah, Incredible. we're we're going to be pushing close to fifty, or a hair actually a hair over fifty if, if all goes <laughs> right. So, fun times here, Gould's Turkey Camp. Uh, like to put a shout out there to all the single women. Uh, oh, we Lord. the last podcast episode uh, did a shout out for Mister Hunter Haynes and had a ton of applications come in, <laughs> and um, we are still <laughs> sifting through those uh he is single you can go on hunt underscore haynes on instagram make sure you follow him um and uh, send your applications to Scott outdoors at gmail.com and uh, i will see do my best and see if i can get you a date with this guy um and to all of those that have already applied uh you didn't make the cut, so we're oh. looking for new participants. <laughs> and uh, he's turning bright red, right now, kicking me under the table.
1: good news is he can shoot straight. So Yeah, he
0: can shoot straight. <laughs> my, my,
2: my daughter's only, uh, like, 26, so could she apply? Yes, uh, she can apply. <laughs> um, uh,
0: yes, she can apply. And, um, you know, we have fun with that. But, uh, guys, it's been fun. Um, congratulations on completing your Royal Slams. And thanks for Thank trusting us with that opportunity to, to help provide and uh, help you guys get your Royal Slam. Um, we had a great time doing it, and I hope you guys had a, had a fun trip. Uh, we came down to this mountain ranch. It's a little bit unique. Um, it's it's a little bit rugged, uh, but the, the beauty of the country is amazing, and there was a lot of turkeys. It was Actually, a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Jaguars up here, huh? Yeah.
0: Photos of
2: that. Oh, this is just an awesome hunt, Jay. Just incredible. Just the number of turkeys, the way you run things. I mean, it's it just, if you want a quality turkey, and boy, it's a place... You mean like when you, you
0: show go. up and there's no lights at the house? <laughs> lights, <laughs> lights, lights are not, there's, tur- there's turkeys. What do lights mean?
1: <laughs> right. Now, Ron and I were talking, you know, we kind of, we had, there's obviously we had multiple opportunities yeah. when considering a ghoul's turkey hunt. And we kind of, he asked, you know, what'd you, what, how'd you, how'd you end up picking Jay? And uh, as <laughs> we mentioned, I'd found you before, kind of looking for elk hunts and things. And, and then I did a, uh, started looking for the, getting more serious about a ghoul's turkey hunt and found you again. And kind of reading through some of your stuff, you know, you can, you can read through it, you can see the pictures, you can see the videos, and then kind of your your, your personalized attention is, is really cool. But now having been here, um, absolutely second that, and, and your attention to detail, the way that you actually turkey hunt the turkeys, you know, it's something that I, I really appreciated, is the fact that you're, you know, you're not just, just sitting out there and see you later kind of deal. We're actually, I mean, truly in my opinion hunting the turkeys i mean we're we're doing it how i'm used to doing it and uh that was uh that was a benefit that was a pleasure i can see your enjoyment i can feel your excitement you know after shooting that many turkeys and being around that many different hunters it's a it's a true pleasure to have have you get you know as excited as i was you know at, at seeing the bird coming in and doing it the right way and it's uh it's a pleasure it's been a been a pleasure
0: well awesome i appreciate it and um i guess until the next adventure we're just going to keep plugging along pl- plugging along here and plodding our way uh you know it's it's one of these things you and i just love it down here in mexico between oh, yeah. the coos and the goulds nothing um, like it uh, we can't get enough of it it's like a second home yeah i know it's um you know it's not for everybody it's dusty and you know dirty and 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 it's you know it, it's kind of right up my alley beautiful mm-hmm. in its own way you know dar always laughs, laughs. he's like golly you got four days you haven't even showered yet you know, it's, uh, um, 97 it's just, degrees yesterday so. yeah I was, I you guys gets, went to town warm. to get ice and it was 97, 97 down in the valley and um we got a shower here doesn't doesn't kick off a, a lot of pressure but uh, you guys both came um, Ron hasn't tried it out I'm, yet. I'm,
2: wait, I'm I'm coming up
0: here next, John. Right. <laughs> you're next, but you two look like uh you're ready for uh the city tomorrow. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah, brand brand new man after that. It was well. Smelling like roses. That's right. Well guys,
0: um <laughs> uh thanks for coming again and um God bless in your future endeavors and uh hope to have you back again and Hope to see you down the road and wish you uh, guys all the best of success.
2: Appreciate all you did for us. It's
1: awesome. Okay, guys. Thank you, Jay. Looking forward to it. All right,
0: and and cheers, absolutely. Podcast (laughs) listeners. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening as we watch a dog chase a crow across the yard. Almost got him. (laughs) Um, Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Uh, You can send me an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com and if you're a single female like i said you can send applications <laughs> pictures um, you know brief bio that's fine too i want to thank my sponsors of the podcast i want to thank gohunt.com kuyu.com phonescope.com and the outdoorsmens.com. and i appreciate the support that those sponsors give me feedback from you guys supporting them and and that means a lot so uh, guys until next time god bless and uh, on to the next adventure